you're a young person in here for Children's Church, we're just going to pray and dismiss the kids. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we pray bless every child this morning as they go to Children's Church. Bless every teacher this morning. Father, we thank you uh, that your word is true, God. And the, th the, the whatever the teachers deposit in them this morning, the word that is spoken to them this morning, God, God, it will not return void, but God, that it will accomplish that which you have set it forth to do. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. And we have no video announcements this morning due to a technical malfunction. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, so happy to have you guys all here this morning. We're kicking off a new sermon series, Redeeming Love. And we're going to be talking about love, 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 love. Thank you. Thank you. In the midst of worship, while we prayed, um, Linda's knee was healed right there while we just prayed. So amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. This is a place where miracles happen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited today to begin this sermon series, Redeeming Love. And I positioned it here, away from Valentine's Day, on the preaching calendar intentionally, because we're not talking about love that we know. We're talking about the love of God. And so even as we begin to approach the topic of love and the love of God, we have to come to an understanding that there's only an amount that we're going to be able to grasp. God is infinite. He is beyond understanding. And so we will only ever understand a certain amount of who God is. To say that God is infinite means that he has no limits. And our finite minds can't really comprehend that, though we try. God has always been around. He's self-existent. He always was. And for those of us who are trapped in time, that's difficult for us to understand. Yeah. And even eternity is a difficult concept for us to grasp. But it's at the very nature of who God is. And it's what he shares with us. And so as we begin to understand this, love of God, I want to encourage you, before we even open the first scripture, I want you to learn today, and it's kind of funny that there'll be no slides. You won't be able to read the scriptures. What I want you to do today is what Pastor Stacy prophesied about. She didn't even know that I was going to share this, is I want you to begin to absorb the love of God with your spirit this morning. I want you to begin, I want you to open up and begin to understand the love of God as I speak this morning and as I share this morning, open your spirit to the understanding that will come this morning because there is an amount of understanding that I will speak with intelligible words, but there is an amount of understanding that will come through the spirit and it'll communicate spirit to spirit this morning. And the Holy Spirit has even begun to communicate the love of God this morning. In that, so the one, I don't, the, the one of the songs, the love of God was just pouring out so strongly. And these are the moments of times where we can come to a greater understanding of the love of God, not having any words spoken, not having our intellect brought any higher. 
because there's an understanding that we have here in our mind, but there is an understanding that we have in our spirit. We are a three-part being. We are spirit, soul, and body. And most of the world will focus most of their efforts or all of their efforts on the body, on the physical. But we are spiritual beings. Our spirit is the most important part of who we are. Our flesh will grow old and die, and they will bury it in the ground or turn it to ash. But our spirit will live forever. Our spirit is the most important part of who we are. And so as we learn this morning, make an effort to not just learn with our minds, but learn with your spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we pray right now. Lord, let us come to a new understanding of what it means to learn. God, we ask that you would just bypass our minds and speak straight to our hearts today. God, that we would come to a greater understanding of who you are. God, of how much you love us. God, that we would understand your great love, which Paul speaks of in Ephesians, that we may know the height, the width, the depth of love that surpasses knowledge. It's beyond knowing. But we can know it in the spirit, Lord. Speak to our spirits today. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to just uh, say a, a brief word. Thank you guys so much for pastor's appreciation. Um, you know, if I had my way, if my flesh had my way, I'd put an end to that. And I can. I have the power to do that. <laughs> but I know that in my spirit, it's the right thing to do. Uh, we talk, um, I forget who I was talking with. We talk all the time. That's my job. And um, I asked, it was in small group last week. It was in small group last week. And I asked everybody, I'm like, how good are you at receiving? How good are you at receiving? When I was a kid, I don't know, it was about, it was about that tall. Um, I remember um, two adults who were family arguing over one person wanted to give the other person money for something. I don't know what it was for. And neither one of them wanted to take it. And so then they threw it on the ground. Well, I picked it up. <laughs> Standing right there, they're throwing money on the ground. I'm like, I'll take that. I mean, that's the easiest. I don't know how much it was. That's the easiest, let's say $40. $40 I've ever earned. At 12 years old, $40 was a lot of money. Back in however old I was, 84. $40 was a lot of money. I was like, wow, I'll go buy a new bike. <laughs> but it's this childlike ability to receive. Well, if neither one of them want it, I'll take it. And this is where we need to come back to. We just need to come back to this childlikeness where we receive. And are we, how willingly are we to receive? How ready are we to receive? You know, um, 
It's pride that keeps us from receiving. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to my message. That's okay. Uh, it's pride that keeps us from receiving. It's pride that keeps us from not, not wanting to receive that money or that gift or, right? I mean, there's people here who have received cars. People have given them cars. I don't know if there's anybody here that has received a house, but I'm ready, I think. <laughs> I'm joking. Are we ready to receive? And so uh, we're talking about natural things. Again, we've, we've fallen back to the flesh, but what about in our spirit? And so are we ready and willing to receive in our spirit what the Lord wants to do? Because he always wants to do something. See, and this is where we came up with this. We started talking about this because of the book that we're reading in small group, The Real Faith. And it, God always wants to heal. God always wants to move. God always wants to do way more than we're ready to do. But it's about our receiving. Are we ready to receive? Are we willing to receive? Have we positioned ourselves to receive? Uh, have you positioned yourself like this in the spirit? Or have you positioned yourself like this in the spirit? Boy, Lord. So again, I just want to thank everyone for all the wonderful cards, all the wonderful gifts. You guys are so good to us. We love you guys. Thank you for all the pastor's appreciation. We love you, 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 love, 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 love. Hey, redeeming love redeeming love we're here to talk about the redeeming love of god and so in this first message series on redeeming love on love i want to talk about the redeeming love of god this is our namesake this is who we are as a church we're here because god redeemed us by his great love it's the redeeming love of god that has called all of us here into his presence this morning it's the redeeming love of God that has set us back in right relationship with the Father, and we get to experience His great love. Amen. Okay. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace and peace to you from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. When we read this scripture, I know you can't see it, but I'm going to talk to you like you can read it. Pull it up on your phone if you want. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. It says, the God who, who is and was and is to come. And so the first thing that John wants to say about God is that he is present. He's here now. He doesn't start with his history, although he'll mention that. And he doesn't start with God's future, although he'll mention that too. But he starts with the fact that he's here and he's now. He is very much right here in the midst of us this morning. The God who is and was and is to come. We mess it up 
A lot of times when we sing the songs, I don't know who wrote that. I mean, I don't even know if the song sings it that way. But God, who was and is and is to come, right? For us, we have to put it in order. But God doesn't have any problem putting it in order or having it be out of order. No, I am the God who is and was and is to come. You're all over the place. I know. That's okay. I'm doing something in the spirit because the spirit is greater than the flesh. To him who loved us and washed us from our sin. It's because of the great love of God that Jesus chose to leave the estate of heaven, to take on human flesh, to become a man, to live a sinless life, to suffer and die upon a cross, to take your sins and my sins upon his body that he might restore us to right relationship with the Father. That's the love of God. Jesus said in John 15, greater love has no one than this, than, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he said, you are my friends. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his father is doing, but I have revealed all to you. You are my friends. First Peter 18 through 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Corruptible things like silver and gold. Worthless things like silver and gold. From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or without spot. Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He has bought us back. He's bought us back. There was... Sin in our lives, sin in your life, sin in my life, and we owed a debt to sin that none of us could, with, could repay. We had nothing with which we could repay it. And Jesus came and he paid the price with his blood. And he bought us back to the Father. He bought us back and brought us back. This is what God did with his love. This is what Jesus did in his love. He redeemed us. The same way that you would, they used to, we, we'd have the five cent returns where you just throw them in the machine and it's crunch, 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 or you know, we do the bag thing. You put them in the bag and you stick them in the thing at Hannaford. But they used to have a redemption center and you used to bring the bottles back to the redemption center and they used to hand you money because you brought them back. And they were acting as Jesus, buying back the bottles that were empty, buying back. And this is what Christ did. He bought us back from our life of sin and slavery to sin. He bought us back to right relationship with the Father. He redeemed us. He redeemed us. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. We read this scripture all the time. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved. And because he loved, he gave. 
And so generosity is an expression of love. For God so loved the world. God loved the world so much. God loved humanity so much. God loved Bob so much. Let, let's make it personal. God loved Matt so much. God loved Chris so much. God loved fill in your name so much that he gave his only son. This is very personal to God. This is very personal to God. This isn't just like, oh, you know what? You know what will work? No, it says that Christ was, was crucified from the foundations of the earth. From the foundations of the earth, before God even spoke the world into existence, Jesus had already made the decision, I'm going to go and save humanity when they sin and fall. We hadn't, I mean, we'd been thought of, obviously. God's mind, we can't enter it. I mean, we could, but it hurt. Before the world was ever set in motion to spin around the way the sun, the way that it does, before we were ever breathed life into, Jesus had already made the decision. Crucified before the foundations of the earth. That whoever would believe in and follow him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't send, God didn't send Jesus in the world, into the world to condemn the world. The world was condemned already. Up until the point of Jesus, no one made it to heaven. No one was good enough. Everyone went to Abraham's bosom. But Jesus came, made a way where there was no way. This is the love of God. Jesus led captivity captive, the Bible tells us. He took those who were in Abraham's bosom. He brought them to heaven. It says in the Gospel of Matthew that the righteous dead were seen walking through the city of Jerusalem as he took those who had passed away back to heaven. They made a pit stop on the earth. If you ever made a long car trip, you know all about pit stops. They wanted, Jesus wanted to stop and see someone. This wasn't about any physical necessity. First John 4, 7 through 9. If you ever want to know about love, just read First John. Beginning to end, and then read it again, 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 and then read it with your eyes closed. Read it with your eyes closed. Beloved, 1 John 4, 7 through 9. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. I live because of Christ in me. The life that I live, I no longer live to myself. The life that I live, I live in Christ. This is what Paul says. This is what I believe. This is the way I walk. This is the way I function. 
I've taken that scripture and I've made it my life. The life that I live, I no longer live to myself, but the life that I live, I live in Christ. Why? Because I am no longer my own. I have been purchased with a price. That we might live through him. We live through Christ. We live through Christ. Christ gives us his love, gives us his grace, gives us his mercy. Mercy and grace are aspects of God's love. We'll talk about this in the coming weeks. He gives us his mercy. He gives us his grace. Grace is the supernatural strength from God to be able to fill in the blank. And so God gives us the grace to be able to live this life that we're called to live. We live the life that we live through faith in Christ, through grace. Grace comes. Grace, it's grace that caused me to say yes to Christ in the first place, but it's the continuing grace that comes that gives me the strength to walk out day by day everything that Christ is calling me to. Avail yourselves of the grace of God, guys. (laughs) I can't do it anymore, God. Don't do it on your own. Take my strength. Don't do it on your own. Take it by grace. Receive it by grace. Receive by grace the strength to do what you need to do. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. It's not to say that love is God. That's not right. But God is love. And everything that God does is loving. Everything that God does has love behind it. And so we have this problem as humans of rationalizing and understanding when things don't go our way, how is it that this happened and God is sovereign and I didn't get what I thought that I was going to get? Sin is in the world and there's free choice in the world. So we have to understand the sovereignty of God before we try to finish this equation. We need to back up and understand what it means that God is sovereign before we try to bring this equation to a conclusion. We have to understand the holiness that is free will that God has given each human on the earth. So holy to God. If you don't understand the holiness and the importance of free will, your ability to choose then we can't rectify the equation that we're talking about of things happening and us not understanding. And then we come to the fact of the, I mean, we're we're just blowing this equation up every way but sideways. But then we come to the fact that we think that we know more than God. Well, God, this is what I wanted and I didn't get it. Okay. But how did you know that that's what the will of God was for you? How do you know that that, wouldn't, that thing that you wanted wouldn't destroy your life? How do you know that that thing that you wanted wasn't what I wanted for you? On and on and on and on we can go. We could throw questions out on this thing all, sing, all day long. And it comes back to the fact of are we humble enough to come to the place where we believe that God is smarter than we are? It's getting kind of quiet in here. (laughs) 
do we believe that God is smarter than we are? I think that God's smarter than I am. <laughs> I think he is. I mean, I know that he is. He, is ev he created everything. He created all of the components that go into this phone that we've created. He created, he com he created iron and gave men the process by which we would turn to steel so that this podium has strength to support my stuff. He created me and everything in me. He created spirit, soul, and body. He created the earth. He created gravity. He created the stars in the heavens. He created, he created it all, and he knows exactly how every single thing functions. And then when something doesn't function, he actually knows why it's not functioning properly. He's not a mechanic who built a car, and then it didn't work, and he's like, I can't figure out why it's not working. <laughs> That's not a problem that God has. He knows. On top of that, I mean, we're just, this is very elementary. On top of that, he is everywheres always at the same time. This is the omnipresence of God. He's in every single space of the world all at the same time. And so he knows your thoughts and 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 all of our thoughts. Now, if you can't keep up, that's okay. He's infinite and you're not. You're, you're not, there are certain aspects of the qualities of God that you will never walk in. Thank God. I, I'm going to thank God on that. I don't know if you guys are like, oh, man, but thank God on my side. I'm thanking God. <laughs> We've only just begun with uh, just a few minutes here of tapping into the wisdom and understanding that God walks in on a daily basis. So when you didn't get, you prayed for and thought that you should have, maybe God has a better plan. Romans 8, 28. God works all things together for good for those who love him, love him, love, love him, and are called according to his purposes. Do we love God enough? There's a certain aspect of trust that's associated with love. Do we trust God enough that he has our best interest in mind? Do we believe? Do we have faith? Which is not the same as trust. Faith is different. It goes beyond. God is love, and everything that he does is loving. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this, John 4, 10 and 11, that was not 7 through 9, now we're on 10 through 11, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute offering for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is what love looks like, that God sent Jesus to die for us. This is the redeeming love. This is love. Jesus dying on a cross. The most extravagant moment of love that you will ever see, Jesus on the cross. The most beautiful moment, the pinnacle of all of human history, Jesus on the cross, Jesus rising from the grave. He is the substitute offering for our sins. If God so loved us, and he did, 
then we also ought to love one another. We should love one another. So I hope you're getting something from the Spirit today, even though I'm still speaking human words. I'm hoping something's coming in via the Spirit today because that's where we, re we really need to learn this. God is love, and God is loving. And as we go through this process, we become more like God. And it says, uh, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. And because God loved us, we have the ability to, number one, love him back. And in turn, love others. Romans tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's add something. While we were yet sinners, Christ loved us and died for us. And so it's the love of God that caused Jesus to come. And it's his love that transforms us and gives us the ability to love one another and God. It's the love of God. It's the love of God in me. When I feel like I don't have enough strength, when I feel, when I, I, I feel like I don't have enough, I call on him. And he freely gives. We have to get over this fact that it's about me. I can't do it. I know you can't. I'm not asking you to. Use God's strength. Let Jesus in the room. Give up control. Give it up. What are you holding on to? It's not working anyway. <laughs> Let the love in. Let God love you. Let him love you. Let the love come in. Let it pour in. Let it hit your heart. We've built up these walls and we've set up these barriers and we've not allowed God to come. The, the, the music starts going and people start singing and emotions start flowing. We're like, I'm not going to cry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to, look at that, look at that guy up there dancing around. Yeah. They gave him the microphone. <laughs> I guess he's the pastor here. Yeah. Did you see the way that he's carrying on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, who's been, he who's been forgiven much loves much. Listen, I'm not, I'm not. I don't dance around and whip around and, and praise God and because of anything about me. I'm not even a good dancer. I mean, you might be like, you might think that that was really cool. I don't know. I don't think it is. I never thought that it was. There's a word for what I do. It's called balter. It means to dance with much enthusiasm but without much skill. <laughs> Describes me perfectly. Pastor Steve has tried to teach me ballroom dancing half a dozen times. It still hasn't worked. I, I can do the one, two, three, but I can't hear the music. I don't. <laughs> we don't need to go on about that. The reason why I get carried away in worship is because God carries me away. And I let him do it. <laughs> I don't stop him. It was David who said, I will become even more undignified than this with leaping and whirling and dancing. Come on. <laughs> I've only begun to praise my God. 
I'll praise him with my every breath. I'll praise him with my last breath. There was nothing. And let them tape my mouth and I'll keep going. It doesn't matter. They're going to know one way or the other that I love God. And if somebody thinks that I'm a fool, then I'm a fool. But I'm a fool that loves God. And I'm a fool that's loved by God. And that's the most important thing about me. I know, that, um, I know that there's a lot of people that struggle with identity. And I know this because I talk to a lot of people and I hear uh, different things that they say. I'm always in conversation with people. And I know that, that, that there's a lot. I mean, it's not just a couple. Probably 9% of, of all humanity struggles with identity. That we don't know who we are. Or we believe that we're something that we're not. We believe that we're fashioned by things that have happened to us. We believe that we're fashioned by our failures or our successes, which is just as dangerous. Successes are just as dangerous, and even more so in some cases, than our failures. And so, none of these things are who you are. None of these things define you. Your job doesn't define you. Your family doesn't get to define you. My old people don't get to define me. If you don't know what that term means, it means my spiritual mentors. My young people, my disciples, don't get to define me. Unfortunately, you guys don't get to define me. Well, I mean, fortunately for me, but unfortunately for you. <laughs> the world doesn't get to define me. Because none of those people have the most important thing to say about me. What God says about me is the most important thing about me. And what God has to say about me is where I will draw my identity. And so I've gone from having no confidence, I've, I've gone from having self-confidence to having no confidence to having God confidence. And so it's not a confidence in self. I don't believe in, I, I don't believe in my ability to dance. I don't believe in my ability to speak. I don't believe in my ability to make you guys laugh, because a lot of times you don't. What I believe in is God's love for me. The most important thing about me is that God loves me. And that is settled. And I, and, and I think about it a lot. God loves you. These little quaint words, right? I've heard it a billion times. There used to be a TV show. God loves you. 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 Gotta go. Till it's a chatter. Have you sat with God and understood, let the Holy Spirit impart his love to you? Until you walk away different. How long do I have to sit there? Until you walk away different. That is not a specified amount of time, Pastor Matt. It's going to be different for all of us. Because as I've already described, we all receive at different rates. How childlike can you be? Will you take the money? 
Or are you going to be that adult that's just throwing it back and forth? No, I don't want it. I'm not going to take it. I, I have, I've got pride. <laughs> I mean, we don't say that, but honestly, if we boil down what we say, a lot of times, that's what we're saying. Or are we childlike and will we receive? And that ability to receive really determines how long will it take. <laughs> the Spirit knows no time. God knows no time. God doesn't care how long it takes. God anoints David king and then he makes him run. He didn't make him run, but then he runs for 20 years. He wasn't in a new, he, there's no, no hurry with God. In a lot of cases, we get to, we get to, in a lot of cases, we get to, <laughs> Jesus. In a lot of cases, we get to determine the length of time that it'll take. How quickly will we surrender? How quickly will we become humble? How quickly will we take on the childlikeness that we need to be able to receive what the Spirit wants to give? I'm here to tell you today that God loves you more than you will ever know. More than you will ever know. Think of, the, think of the person in your life who loves you the most. Think about how much they love you. Times it by 100, and you're not even close to the love that God has for you. We, God is not a natural God, and we can't deal in natural terms. We have to because this is our parameters. This is what we do understand. And so we speak with parameters that we do understand, but when we have to get to the, down to it, we take what we know, especially about the love of God. We take what we know of love and we times it by 100, the best love you've ever seen or known or could imagine, times it by 100, and you're still not even close to the love that he has for you. That's how much God loves you. And now, I wanna, now that we have some sort of a, feeble comprehension of the love of God, I want to ask you this. How much do you really know that God loves you like that? We have some kind of a feeble comprehension in our mind of how much God loves us, but how much do we know in our spirit that God loves us? Because there's knowledge that's here, but it's poor. And then there's knowledge that is here. It's in our spirit. And that's where we need to know. When we know that God loves us here in our spirit, I'm going to this part of my chest. It's the heart, but it was the spirit. When, God, when we know that God loves us in our spirit, you can say anything. You can call me a, a two-faced rat. I know it's not true. And I know that God loves me. So you can call me whatever you want. And it just doesn't matter. The only thing you're doing by calling me names is revealing more of your heart than mine. Why? Because I'm locked in on his love for me. It can't be changed. It can't be shifted. It doesn't change. God is unchanging. It's another beautiful quality about him. He is immutable. He is unchanging. He will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. 10,000 times, 10,000 years when we're in heaven with him, he'll still love you. He won't love you anymore. He won't love you any less. This is God.
First John 3, 1 through 2. All right, we'll wrap this up. All right, First John 3, 1 through 2. Behold what manner of the love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. God loves us, and he calls us his children. We're actually seated with Christ in heavenly places. Christ is my brother. We're, he's the son of God. We're, how does this work? I don't know. I can't wrap my mind around it, but I'm telling you what. It's the love of God. Why do I get this privilege? Because of the love of God. The love of God. The love of God. I'm going to end with uh, Psalms 85.15. It says this. It says, But you, O Lord, are a God gracious and merciful slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He abounds in love. He abounds in steadfast love. He abounds in steadfast love. He's slow to anger. He's merciful. He's gracious. This is who our God is. This is what our God is like. This week, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to meditate upon God's love for you. You know, we say it all the time. We know it. We've heard it a million times. If you've been a Christian for an amount of time, you've heard it a million times. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Okay. Uh-huh. 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 Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Med- dwell on it. Repeat it back to yourself. Find some of the scriptures. Write them down that we just read. I hope you wrote them down. Go back through and listen to the message again. It'll be on SoundCloud if it's not on Facebook or it might be on both. Go back and listen to it again. Write the scriptures down. Let it, let it penetrate your heart again. Go through. Get your Bible out. Black and white. In print. Not digital. That's, fan, that's fine. You take this thing and you put it on airplane mode. You swipe down here on the left and there's an airplane mode right there and nobody can get a hold of you. Put your phone on airplane mode. That way you don't have to throw it in the lake. <laughs> it's another option. And then read it in the black and white. You love me. God, you love me. Your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. I didn't even tend, I didn't even, it tur- I just turned to this page by accident. It's everywhere. It's on every page. It's everywhere. We can't get away from it unless we're trying to. Sit with the Lord and work on your spirit to be able to receive the love of God this week. Let it penetrate who you are. We're going to talk about more aspects of love next week and the following week. We're going to talk about what love looks like. And now that we've been loved like this, what do we do with it? But the first, what does it look like? We'll talk about all of that. But the first and most important aspect is that we have to know that God loves us. We have to know that we know that we know that we know that we know that God loves us. We have to not know, but we have to know that God loves us. For those of you listening and you can't see me, we have to not know in our minds, we have to know in our spirit that God loves us. One of the things that I do 
that helps me to uh, have more love for God is have a better understanding of what I'm forgiven of. When I was first saved, um, I kind of thought like, hey, I was the good kid, you know, uh, you know, straight A student for the most part, you know, stayed, home, stayed out of trouble, you know, I never really did anything bad, you know, went to church all the time, and, but I was the good kid, so I just always thought like, oh, I don't have that much to be forgiven of. And so he who's been forgiven little loves little, but then at some point in my walk, and I could probably pinpoint it if I took the time, I came to a new realization that, wow, I was really bad. As much as I might have looked good on the outside, in my heart, I was detestable before God. And yet he loved me, and he died for me in that condition because he loved me so much. And when I, my, when I came to that realization of an understanding of the forgiveness of God for me and what he did while I was so far from him, while I was an enemy, while I would have stepped on him and walked over him, he died for me. It changed the way that I loved him. It changed me. Having his forgiveness changed me. So this week, uh, get a better understanding of what you've been forgiven of. If you're here today and you've only begun to hear of this love of God and you want more of it, if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is the first step to understanding the love of God. When we begin to follow the Lord, when we make this declaration to follow Jesus, God gives us his Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who speaks to us unsearchable things, unknowable things that we can know the love of God. It comes because of the Holy Spirit, which only comes through salvation. And so if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, you've never asked Jesus to become your Lord and Savior before, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, and you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. God, I believe that you came and lived a sinless life. You died on a cross for my sins so that I could be forgiven and go to heaven. Have a right relationship with you here on the earth now. Be healed of my sicknesses and set free from oppression. God, I thank you and ask that you give me the strength to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to check the box on your Engage card that says, Today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box on your Engage card, I'm going to send you some more information that explains the decision that you've made and what your next steps are. Your first step, most important step, is to find a great church to belong to. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If this church isn't for you, you know, too lively, too much dancing, <laughs> we'd love to help you find another church. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for coming. Hey, tonight we are going to have a party. We're going to celebrate Pastor Stacy. We're going to have her ordination tonight. We're so thrilled. This is a momentous occasion in the life of Redeeming Love. So if you are here, if you're in the area, uh, if you can make it back for 6 o'clock, we'd love to have everybody here. We're going to have some uh, other ministers from other, some other churches joining with us. Some family that couldn't make it this morning will be here. And um, we are just going to have a great time as we officially ordain Pastor Stacy tonight. 6 p.m., don't be late. Offering, come on up. Brian.
right. Whew. Powerful message. How do you beat that? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> um, there are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. Uh, you can't see it on the screens right now, but um, there is a little card in your seat back um, that tells you the four different ways um, to give. You do it online. You could do it through the app. You could do it in the envelope. And there's a fourth one that um, you'll find out when you look at it. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and look at the card. <laughs> Um, so m most of us have heard Second uh, uh, Corinthians nine six. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, right? Um, so th there, there's something that, and, and mo most, almost all of you here, you know, right? And, and, and you can be part of that. Um, is great at giving, and there's something that's different that happens in the heart when you give, right? Um, along with what Pastor Matt was uh, uh, preaching today, because. You see here, the, the truth of our tithes and offerings and what we do with our money, it, it's not about the money. It is, but it's not. Right? Money is important, right? All right? And do we have money or does money have us? But it's about the heart behind it. Right? Because God wants to do so much more than we could ever imagine, Ephesians 3.20. Right? That it's just unimaginable what we can do. And when we totally surrender with everything, including our money, right? For this is the one thing that God in his word says, test me in this. In Malachi 3.10, test me in this, right? Test me in this. So God, God just wants us, he wants us to transform our heart. He really does. And he wants to co he wants us to co-labor with him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so uh, so let's just pray. Uh, Lord, thank you, Lord, so much for uh, allowing us to um, be your uh, ready vessels to uh, work with you, to co-labor with you, um, and to just be in that process of uh, transforming our hearts. Because, you know, God, I, I know you want us to renew, you want to renew our hearts. You want to renew our minds. You want us to renew us completely fully to you, Lord. We just thank you so much, Lord. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all that you do, for all that you are, for who you are. And we just thank you. Thank you so much. Change our hearts. Change our hearts to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. All right, a couple quick ending announcements. Um, so uh, if anyone noticed, the tithe box used to be over there. It is now back in the, uh, not back, but it is now in the uh, connection corner. And if you are a first-time guest uh, with us, please make your way to the connect corner. So the connect corner is over there. Um, if you're a first-time guest, make your way there. And after service, you will receive a free T-shirt. And as uh, Pastor Matt mentioned, we will see you tonight. One additional announcement, there are some free books over here on the shelf. Help yourself to those. Take them out of here. Take loads of them out of here. If you know a free library, go load it up. Uh, they're good Christian books. They're gone today. So if you don't take them today, they're gone. Get them. And uh, prayer and healing underneath the screens, left and right. If you need a prayer for healing, we'd love to lay hands and pray for you. Amen. See you tonight.